Okay, everybody, it is Friday, January 14th at 7.30 p.m. And going to get on here because we are actually within 48 hours of the Kansas City Chiefs playing football um, this Sunday in the AFC wildcard game. Blaine texted me early this morning, was hinting at a pod. He felt like we needed to do a pod. I felt the same way immediately. And um, <laughs> we jumped on here because we're going to talk about this game, Blaine. First I'm doing off, great. How you doing, buddy? I talked to you, what, it would have been two days ago about this game. But as I was in my car, I was actually on a commute going to work. So I just recorded like a two-minute voice message to Chandler basically saying, I'm listening to 610 Sports Radio, 810, all the podcasts in Kansas City. And I can't find one that talks about Chief Steelers worth a damn. And, you know, I know one guy who can, and that's Chandler Collins. So let's hop on a pod and let's do it. Yeah, Man. absolutely. The vibe was great. Look forward to it all day. Um, I'm I, I'm gaining confidence, Blaine, but something about this game I'm a little scared of. Um, I, we talked about it kind of with, with Jake and Lucas about uh, just how this Big Ben thing feels. But, you know, at the end of the day, Blaine, I'm starting to not believe that the Steelers are really that good. I think they have been better recently, which is why I'm worried, or else I would not be worried at all. Right. If that, you, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are obviously the better team. Everybody in the country knows it. But like you said, the Big Ben thing and a few factors, it's something to be worried about. But the Chiefs are pulling every string right now. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I want to wait to go to the Bills game or I want to wait till we get further in. They're bringing out Priest Holmes for the drum banging. They're bringing out Tech Nine at the halftime concert. Holy moly! Like I mean, this Chandler. Yeah, this this crowd's gonna be on fire. I think they're gonna get maybe some some last minute sales tickets too. I think this place is gonna be full. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not too worried about that, especially being Sunday night football. Why would you not go to this game if you're in the area? Um, it's gonna be electric. I cannot wait to be there. It's gonna be an unreal atmosphere. Um, I heard a cool stat. I think it was – I think I heard it yesterday or something. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But, like, when we last played the Steelers, T.J. Watt was only going to be out there – or he was only out there for 30% of the time. Right. Um, you would have to imagine he's going to be out there about 98% of the time um, right. this this Sunday. Um, I want your thoughts on that, and, and then, then I'll give mine. No, that's what I, I was going to say something about that, too, because I remember him going out probably the first quarter. As you're talking about 30%, I was going to say about one-fourth, too. Um, he didn't make a difference, and he can make a difference in this game. But the thing that doesn't worry me too much about this is when we look at like a guy like Max Crosby or Joey Bosa or some of those guys really haven't had a huge impact. The Chiefs offense have been able to do a good job staying away from those guys. Yep. And there's no reason they're not going to be able to Sunday night. But – He's going to make a play, but let's not let's not allow that play to be you know let's not allow that game to be close at that point. And a huge testament to Andrew Wiley stepping yes. in and yeah. and filling an absolute role. I mean, he's at, he pretty much dominated Max Crosby the two times they played, and uh, uh, I mean, I don't think Bosa did much either against him. No, we almost had that strip sack if you remember yeah, that, but I that do. was the only that was really the only thing that we've seen of. Real, any D lineman or DN that we've yeah, when and those guys year, are going to get one. Guys. Yeah, I mean they're so good; they're going to get one. So you know, I, I don't really hold that against them. Um, quite honestly, 
unfortunately, I think he's played better than Niang whenever Niang's been healthy compared to Wiley in there. Um, Wiley seems to be the better option at the moment. Um, And real quick, this doesn't have anything to do with the Steelers game, but we do need to give uh, Lucas Niang a little time. I mean, the guy is technically a rookie. He didn't play last year. Um, I know it's his second year in the league, and say what you will about his decision, it happened. And so, you know, he's a rookie playing right tackle in the NFL. Kid's got some talent. So let's make sure that we don't write him off before he fully develops. I completely agree. And I, I didn't like the decision, but it's not, I have no reason to say that he shouldn't have. I mean, it's, you know, it was the biggest crisis in human history. So yeah, it's fine. But my, another thing to hit with that, you know, when we're talking about TJ Watt and the last game they played another obviously big player who did not see the field, Travis Kelsey didn't play. Tyreek Hill had two catches for, what was it, 13 or 19 yards? So neither one of them was a factor. Byron Pringle, two touchdowns, went off. But when you think about that, and I was putting up 36 points against that defense, TJ Watt, that big of a difference, not not without you two best players. No, and that was a, that's a great point. I forgot that was the game Travis missed with COVID. That hasn't been in my head all week, Blaine. This is why we do the pod, people. This is why we do the pod, to put these things in our heads, because we need them. That's a great point. Travis looks to be an X factor. Patrick, by the way, against the Steelers, for some reason he loves playing them. I mean, he's he only does. played them twice, but in two matchups, he has nine touchdowns and no interceptions. Wow. Knock on wood. Yeah, I was just – but all the words out of my mouth, knock on it. Listeners knock on it. Yeah. Listeners knock on it. But I mean, still, I mean, regardless, uh, he could throw three picks and he'd still have an unreal ratio in this matchup. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even matter at this point. So look for him to continue to do well. You know, I got a question about that, but it just popped in my head. Mike Tomlin is a defensive coach and Andy Reid is an offensive coach. And every time that the Chiefs win, it's an offensive onslaught. And every time the Steelers beat us, it's like a grinded out defensive game. So I guess my question is, what do you think, what do you think goes into that? And and how does one favor the other, if that makes sense? I think the big thing is that these two teams played four weeks ago. It would be a to- completely different story if it were if that wasn't a fact. They're gonna they're gonna both make adjustments heavily for this mm-hmm. game. So I have no idea what Bienemy Reed are drawing up, and I have no idea what Talman's gonna do. No one does. It's the beauty of the NFL. Right. But that you know, that's the thing with this game that might scare me a little bit is Pittsburgh's gonna do something completely different. Is because obviously because it had tremendous success. Is Spagnolo gonna do something different? as well on that side we played a ton of, you know we talked about in the podcast a few few days ago that press man coverage make big ben throw it downfield don't let them get the short ones the chiefs played a ton of cover two no press man just back up cover two because we realized that the big plays that they're going to make are chase claypool on a fade and that's all they can get and we're going to let them get that out route and tackle it and swarm rally. Yeah, and it's there, and you're playing cover two Tampa flats, if that's what you call it, Tampa, but you're playing cover two flats, corner stay. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Chiefs did a ton of. So what's 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 the offense of Pittsburgh going to do to combat that? Is Spags going to do that again, or 
with um, Briarmouth, or excuse me, what's Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pat Briarmouth. Briarmouth is did not play versus the the Chiefs that front first time. So the Steelers have been playing a lot more tight end heavy. That's why mm-hmm. Najee Harris has been so successful as of late. Yeah. So there is is he going to be more of a factor, and the Chiefs change things up to not play that cover two because of that tight end down the middle of the field to where your safety has to stay instead of going to cover two on the edge, on the on the back half corner to you know help Claypool or some of those right. guys so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how we draw it up to be honest and that brings up a good point because a lot a lot of how you play I think has something to do with how well your secondary can tackle right and and right now I was really high on our secondary in terms of their tackling ability over that eight game stretch but then something happened in Cincinnati where they were missing tackles. We had not yeah. seen it. Cincinnati mm-hmm. seemed to bounce off everything, and it kind of continued against Denver a little bit. The tackling yeah. was not great. Guys that have been wanting to tackle early in the season, Charvarius Ward doesn't look like he wants to tackle right now. And I'm going to continue to say it too. I don't think Tyron wants to tackle Tyron anybody right now. He, made he backs out everything. He does yeah. not want to tackle anybody right now, and that is concerning with a tough and physical football team like Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, it was very concerning, especially at, at, at Denver, excuse me, but I was watching the game at a bar, and I wasn't the only one that stood up and said, hit him, like hit him, you know? Yeah. Goal line, remember the Drew Locke tucked it and ran for 30 yards and just let well, him Jerry run is in. pulled up. Come I mean, on. he's going to score anyway, but take a free shot on the yeah. queue. And maybe that is too. And when you're just looking at situational football, like it is week 18. It was week 17. I know we needed to beat Cincinnati really bad. And we got some very unfortunate breaks of Char being there and just missing the ball. I mean, that coverage was tight, but man, Jamar Chase. But yeah. and the point of Denver is some business decisions I think were made, and there are not going to be any business decisions being made Sunday. Well, there better not be. But I do <laughs> tend to that I do tend to agree with you. That's what I was trying to kind of say on the podcast on Thursday, or maybe it was Monday. But like, okay, I know how important this, the two seed is, but like as a player, I know the mindset of, okay, we can't get the one seed probably. Like, this game doesn't really mean anything. Let's just win it and get through it. You know, I think that's just a natural instinct. I don't think you can, like, just turn it off and on. Right. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think they come out. Hopefully they've had their hair on fire. I mean, the crowd will get them going. Um, I can't wait to watch the defensive line, Blaine. I that's the biggest either. it's the biggest key in the game to me the biggest key in the game to me is to not let pittsburgh I, they they have not been able to run the ball all year but continue that trend do not mm-hmm. let this be the night that they get on track right. make it really nasty and make big ben beat us do not let them control this game Agreed. and it starts up front with the defensive line if they continue to play they've been playing it's going to be a good night. Chris Jones has got to get after it. Did you see Chris Jones' press conference today? I the, did. The it was nice. I like that. Yeah. I wish we had the audio to play during the pod, but he mm-hmm. came to he, he, podium. He was done. Let's go. Yeah. Arrowhead, Kansas City, the best place to play in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And then he left yelling. He's probably still yelling down to the film room or the locker room, and he's yelling in yeah. the locker room. Yeah, 10 I, seconds I literally loved it. So that was 
he's gonna be god dang dude and like we said with priest Holmes banging the drum in that place and tech nine like you chris jones is gonna be just as excited as anybody in that whole place i don't care oh yeah come alive and he's gonna be feeling it yeah and he he's probably pissed off because he didn't get a sack last week so he better come out dude you better come out and play with a vengeance um but uh yeah really Go ahead. Is that your biggest? I, I mean, when we're thinking about the game, the biggest X factor, you know, I use that term loosely, but the most important thing the Chiefs have to do Sunday night, and do you think it is to control the defensive line whenever Big Ben has the ball in his hands or when Najee Harris has the ball in his hands? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that Ben is a naturally good enough quarterback that if you're not in his way, he can sit back there and he can throw darts. I really do think right. that. It's when you start getting pressure on him and making him uncomfortable that he doesn't have the 2006 Big Ben Roethlisberger anymore in him. Right. I, I think the biggest key on defense is most certainly getting pressure on Ben, one, but then two, controlling the line of scrimmage like we just talked about in the run game. Because you take away a one-dimensional team's one dimension, all of a sudden they can't do anything. Right. So um, I, I, I like your point about what Spagnola is going to do against Big Ben in terms of coverage. I don't know what – I don't know how aggressive you go because if you play cover two and fire moves back, he can burn you over the middle. Mm-hmm. He's a good and tight end. They, they haven't done that all year. I was listening to some Pittsburgh media, and they're asking for, for that because there's been opportunity for him to be in games in those holes, and they haven't. So, yeah, Johnny, yeah. Uh, Johnny alluded to it on Monday uh, on the on the preview on the recap of the Broncos little preview we did on Monday. But um, the Steelers run like three plays like they run like a single receiver slant. They run mm-hmm. a bubble and they run like a re- like a RPO to Najee Harris with a slant under behind it. Right. So like they, they seem like they're really basic right now. I think that these linebackers can have a huge impact as well. Yeah, no, and I completely agree that the linebackers are going to have a heck of a day. But the like to the, but like you're saying, Spags has to. It's a really big game for him. To, it's a chess match, as is any playoff football game when you played somebody four weeks ago. But yeah, what are they going to? Any quarterback can be confused. I don't care if it's a veteran like Big Ben. Peyton Manning or anyone some they can you can confuse them but how are we going to so the the Steelers like like I was talking about earlier they've kind of played a little bit of a different game than they did weeks prior to when we played them they changed things up after we stifled them and that covered too so we're probably going to play a lot different defensive coverage than we did but what's what's that going to look like and there's Steelers media and I'm trying to look up the offensive coordinator, but you know, they're calling on him. They haven't trusted him all year. And they're is calling it not Todd on Haley anymore? No, it's not. It's um hell, who is it? I'll have to look it up, but there's been multiple people that I've listened to who say, This is a game where show up or we're, we're gonna fi- we gotta figure something out. So I know you're limited with what Big Bang can do, but you still right. have Juju Smith Schuster practiced Thursday as well right. for the first time in three months. So is he going to play on a third down or a red zone? You know, he's not going to play snaps all the time, but he could be a little bit of an impact and make that offense a little more dangerous. 
Uh, I don't uh, think that they get. I don't think he'll be out there. I really don't. Not for a few. It's a lot. It's they're banking on it being the last game of the year. You don't think no, he'll come out? No. From what I read, he said that he wouldn't be back till the AFC Championship game if they made it. Uh, all right. So it is. I mean, he's only practiced for two days after being out for three months. He's not going to be an impact, but. Right, and what did he do at practice? Was he out there running around right. for the first time, or was he out there with the second team getting reps? I severely doubt the latter. Right, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. never know. You do, you never know. But yeah, um, there. I mean, I, I I am a little nervous about their weapons. Um, the Steelers wide receivers can make plays if they get the ball in their hands. I mean, Deontay Johnson's a make it miss and he's gone guy. Yeah, uh, and Claypool is a big receiver that can make things happen in you know in the red zone and in the middle of the field and extend drives. So, and like we talked about, I love Fryermuth. He's been mm-hmm. a really consistent. I believe he's a rookie, uh, but regardless, he's been a really consistent tight end all year. Um, so they have pieces that can definitely hurt the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are a much better team. Blame. Yeah. And I don't want to say too. Najee Harris has been really good, but he's a, he is a little banged up, which is perfect. He's, yes. he's listed technically as questionable right now, which is right. best case scenario for the Chiefs. I don't. I think he's going to be you know shoot the shot, go full blow, you'll be fine. But it's, it's never the same. So yeah, you just you never know what ha- one little hit can really change that feeling. Right. Right. So right. yeah, you never know. But yeah, you have to you have to bank on him being out there and adjust otherwise. Right, you have to Absolutely. go to that game. He's he's playing. Juices get flowing. Come on. Yeah, I those know. guys play an eighteen game season. They're banged up for. <laughs> yeah, and you backdoor your way into the playoffs. You're gonna fucking fall out. And that's something too, as you, as you kind of talk about being backdoor into the playoffs that I wanted to talk about a little bit. The Steelers, prior to last week, before the Colts just shit the bed against the Jaguars had a, yeah. they had a 5% chance of making the playoffs five. What does that from just like a player's perspective and like a mind, if you were, if you were a stealer, how does that, how does that turn your momentum or turn your confidence or turn your just like, you know, big Ben came out and said all the stuff that he said about, yeah, we're going to lose. And, and obviously sarcastically we're, we're 20 point underdogs. You got none to lose, but what's the mindset of Pittsburgh Steelers right now in that locker room? Oh, I've been saying this all week. I think that they are in a great spot, honestly. Uh, I'm sure they're insanely confident because literally, like, the fact that they made the playoffs makes their season. Anything from here on out is bonus. This is not – this game in the minds of Chiefs players, I would imagine, and fans is you have to win. Like, if we lose this, it's a failure of a season. It's not that way in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is really happy to be here, and they're going to come out and play insanely loose. And that's why I've been saying – at least that would be my mindset in terms of if I was a Steeler, I would be like, dude, we're in the playoffs. Let's go have fun. We get to play in a sick environment. And I also would like to say something this. I don't want to give bad juju out. But I really – I really (laughs) – I really do think that Arrowhead is that sick of an environment that the opposing teams literally love playing in it. Because it it just seems like it's one of the most, you know, passionate groups in the NFL, like the most people, like, 
I mean, the tailgate, like it's like the Midwest Buffalo. Like when when people view it like that. And so like, it feels like college again. I swear that's how they feel. Uh Yeah. Like they're coming to a college atmosphere. No one in there is going to say anything nice about them. Like you're going to get booed. You're going to get, and, and players thrive off that. That's what makes them so great. Like people hating against them their whole life. That's what makes them the best. So Keep an eye out for that. And the yeah. Steelers have been here before and won at Arrowhead. We need to remember that. And I'm going to go spin zone on this, Chandler, of similar thinking of what, what you're thinking, but I'm going to go spin zone on the fact that the whole they have nothing to lose mindset, 5% chance of making the playoffs and then making the playoffs. I know no one in Pittsburgh expects anything out of this game, but they do. You can't tell me they're going to be happy with a loss. Whenever you step on that bus, get into Arrowhead's locker room, hear Arrowhead and everything, you can't tell me that you're still loose. That's not human nature. You're going to be tensed up. You're going to want to beat the Chiefs. Just like any other playoff game, you're going to want to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't care who it is. This isn't another game that you're loose and just mosey-gosey. That's not how football players think. That's not how humans think. They're going to be tight. Yeah, as it's just human nature. So I think the whole idea of the, you know, I've heard so many sports talk guys saying, oh, the, the Steelers are really dangerous just because they don't care. Bullshit. They're walking in there and they're going to care and they're going to w- want to whoop on some ass. And yeah. so are the Chiefs. And it's going to, they're going to put on the helmets and they're going to get after it just as if both teams were one seeds. It doesn't right. matter. No. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And that's a great point. Um, yeah, I love the bus because I can visualize getting off the bus at a stadium. Like, right. you all of a sudden, like, I was on some bad football teams, Blaine, some bad football teams. Even in our most dark moments, when you get off the bus, you feel ready. It's like right. nothing – it's like the, the last week, the weeks prior didn't even exist. Like, you have a chance to win – and it's like a quiet confidence, and you get really fucking nervous before games. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be juiced up, and that's why I'm telling everybody that's a Chiefs fan, the, the Chiefs have to come out and put them to bed early. Yeah, Do not even let their confidence grow. Yep. From, the, from the jump, you have got to get after them because it's just it, – it just – it just it defeats a team that isn't supposed to be there, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. I, I completely agree. Whenever you get smacked in the mouth, whenever you know you're not the better team. Yeah. They're like, oh, done. shit, here we Hold, go. Yeah. This is real now. It, 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 it completely turns your mind 180, even yep. if you are you know you got talent everywhere. And on the flip do, side of that. NFL. Go ahead. And, and on the flip side of that, the exact opposite for the Steelers. They get confidence. They start doing well. They're like, oh, all of a sudden we can do this. Mm-hmm. You play better when you believe in yourself. Right. So that's why you've got to knock them down early. Let's look at two. The Chiefs just obviously we're playing our first wild card game since 2017. This is, I mean, it's a big, the last wild card game we played, we lost to the Tennessee Titans on that one point game. That was just brutal. 
success at Arrowhead in the playoffs and, and games like this, you, you remember the Texans in 2019. You remember the Browns in that fourth down conversion and last year. Titans in the AFC Championship game. And then, the, yeah, the Titans in the AFC Championship game 2019 playoffs. You, you can go back time after time after time after time at Arrowhead in the playoffs since Pat has been there. These games have been, we're going to lose or this thing is way too close. Every time, no, no fault. We can't do that again. We can't do no. that. No, we can't do that again. And you're exactly right, dude. Um, there just seemed to be some sort of magic about that 2019 season that like we just wasn't going to let us lose. I don't feel that way this year. Like right. if we get down big, this like – it's it's going to feel a lot worse. Like, even in the back of my mind at 21-0 down to the Texans, I was like, it's so early. Like, we're fine at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to feel like that at all this this year. Um, and I think that's just a, a testament to the NFL. Like, they're going to start figuring it out. Like, you're not going to be able to do this week in and week out. And the Steelers are definitely not going to let them do it. So, it's it's imperative that if we if we get the ball or if we're on defense, we either score a touchdown or stop them and make them punt on the first yeah. drive. There's got to be a, there's got to be a three and out within the first two drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and once that three and out happens, things will get more comfortable. Yep, because we know we're going to score one of the first two drives. Yep. I'm not going to say, we, but we know we will, and we will. We the Chiefs, but. If there is a three and out, we're going to win the game early. Mm -hmm. But let them stay in it. Things start getting a little less comfortable when that first quarter is seven to seven. You know, when that second quarter is only 14 to seven. And, and halftime, you know, it, it's a close game. The, that whole halftime show with Tech Nine is not going to be as party like it should be. No. No, you're exactly right. And honestly, selfishly, that Tech Nine concert could be lit at halftime. 21-0 yeah. <laughs> Chiefs at half. That place is going to – Arrowhead is one of the oldest stadiums in the NFL, and it might fucking crumble. Yeah, seriously. I think that place will be exploding. Red Kingdom, red. Could be one of the fastest times ever at a halftime bathroom or concession stand because everybody's going to want to stay for the concert. Yeah, you're going to have and, to find a timeout in, the, in yeah. the middle of the second quarter to go. Yeah, yeah and I'm planning on uh, being bundled, Blaine. It's going to be chilly Sunday night. It's going to yeah. be chilly. Does, does the weather factor in for you at all? Yeah, so I don't – obviously, you're so far south, so is Springfield. I don't know if you're – are you going to Springfield with your dad and then coming up, or what's that yeah. look like? Yeah, I So am. tonight, um, we're getting snow tonight. I don't know if you've seen the forecast, but it's starting to rain now. So we're going to get ice on top of – could be upwards of four to six inches of snow in the Kansas City area. Two to yeah. two to six is the, is the thing. So obviously be safe when you're coming up, but – it's not going to be pretty, man. You're going to have mm -hmm. to probably shovel off some snow from your seat, and it's going to be cold. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's actually supposed to happen here tomorrow. So is it makes it? sense hitting you tonight, force its way over. I mean, uh, so I don't know. I, I, But Patrick likes playing in, in he's, the cold. He's done really, really well. I remember the Denver game where we just 
boat race them in the in the whiteout, shoving yeah. off the yard lines whiteout. Yep. So he has he, done really well. Yeah, he. I don't know how or why, but he absolutely loves it. Uh, which hats off to him, dude, because I fucking hate being cold. <laughs> yeah, and it's, as a like that ball it, is hard as a freaking rock. Yeah, I've always maintained that. Uh, I would much rather play football when it's 95 than 35. Oh, dude, 95 is just you're trying to get ventilation into your shoulder pads that are suffocating you, though. Yeah, but 95, you can take any sort of hit. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's, like, not going to feel like you getting cracked across the elbow with a helmet and it's 35 and it can't get warm. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's some pain. Absolutely. But so, the, I would love to hear too. When's the last time you've been to Arrowhead on a Sunday night? Or, you know, in, in the same atmosphere, Sunday night football in the playoffs. Well, the Titans against Mariota was a Saturday night game, I think. So kind of the same, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last time we played Pittsburgh at Arrowhead, in the playoffs that was a night game but i also think that was a saturday night so i don't know that i've ever been to arrowhead on a true sunday night yeah i'm not kidding it just feels different yeah there's something about a sunday night with al michaels which obviously no one in the stadium knows that he's on the call but you do know in the back of your head me watching at home i'm not going to be there at the game but i might be you know pending how tomorrow goes but Sunday night football with all that's going on. I just, I feel really, really good about it. I I, I don't think the chiefs, there's no, there's no good way to say it, but I just, I just love the situation. It it really couldn't be much better. No, it really couldn't. And I can't wait this, this really, I really do think this is my first ever Sunday night game. So I cannot wait to feel the energy going to be, get their gates open, you know, five hours before the game, getting in there at two, obviously. I mean, have to. Yeah. And I want to hit one more thing, too. I, I don't know how much longer you want to talk on the podcast. Oh, no, we're not done. We just went off on a quick tangent. Let's ramble. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs, the, the media thought of the Chiefs right now, I've heard a ton of it, is that they aren't as good as, you know, the last two weeks have not done the Chiefs any favor at all. Cincinnati loss, Broncos, very, very close game. But since week eight, you gotta you gotta really t- take a bigger picture. The Chiefs are nine and one against a shitty loss to Cincinnati, where I argued on Thursday's pod that we are two third and twenties away from winning that game by two scores. Yep. How do you truly feel about the Kansas City Chiefs right now, pending the last two weeks that we played not so well? The problem I think that everybody's having is for how great, like literally that eight game stretch, the Chiefs were great. Like they got back to the greatness that the Chiefs are capable of. But these last two weeks, it looked more like the beginning of the year, Blaine, than it did the middle of the year. And I think that people are like, wait a minute, are they going back to what they were doing? Just or is it just like the last two weeks of the season and you're ready for the playoffs? 
So I think this game will tell us which one's true because this the team that yeah it was a shitty loss against Cincinnati and it was a it was a gutsy win tough win against Denver which is always going to be against Denver no matter what. Yep. But there were things in that game that we did that we hadn't been doing over the eight game win streak, and those things that we were doing in those two games. We were doing in the beginning of the year, missing right. tackles, stupid, just stupid stuff happening, uh, interceptions, all that stupid stuff. Right. It and and so I think when the media looks at that, they say, "Well, okay, we know what they did, but what's this current trend?" You know what I mean? And I think too. I- there's almost a, not that there's the feel about the Chiefs right now that they're beatable, but I almost feel that there is a little bit of a belief there that the Chiefs are beatable. If you're following what I'm trying to, week one through those losses, obviously the Chiefs were still trying to figure out the offensive line more, more, more. But after these two last games, there's, you know, I think if the Chiefs beat Cincy and roll against Denver, everyone's saying there's, I mean, no one's having a question about this game, but there is question here. There is a lot of, this game is, is kind of more intriguing than it should be. Well, you know what it comes down to Blaine? It's what it comes down to this. It comes down to when you give the chiefs, when the chiefs win the Super Bowl in 2019 and you give them all these expectations when things aren't going right, all of a sudden you sit back and you're like, wait a minute, these guys aren't living up to what they, you know, what they were supposed to be in 2019. Yeah. So with, with that greatness comes that expectation. So when people start to question how they look on the field, it only is because they expect the best from you, you know? Like yeah. Ryan, Ryan Clark saying that the Chiefs just aren't that good. Well, that's because he's comparing them to the best offense that the league's ever seen. Right. And, and you know what? Quite honestly, if you're paying our franchise quarterback half a billion dollars, maybe we should kind of look at a mirror sometimes and be like, like, let's go. Like, we deserve better. We expect more. And I think that's what happened in New England. And I think that has a big part of Brady's and the Patriots' success. And even Tampa, people always were like, dude, they're not that good this year. They're just not that good. And then they come out and they smack you in the mouth and they don't mm-hmm. lose. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have to develop that mindset now because it's not going to be easy going forward ever again. It will never be easy again for the Chiefs. I, You couldn't have said it better. And, and a point I want to bring up too to ask you again is – if we're really looking at our, like you said, that playoff run was so magical in 2019 when we weren't going to lose. Like, I don't care if we're playing the best team in the history of the NFL. Houston right. went up big. We weren't going to lose. We weren't going to lose to Tennessee. We That Super Bowl, Jimmy G overthrows that uh, touchdown possibility. You know, maybe we should have, you know, if, if we weren't playing Jimmy G, maybe we should have lost that Super Bowl. But in the point is, I think this Chiefs roster – and this Chiefs team, when you look at it as a whole, is the most talented Kansas City Chiefs team we have ever seen. With Chris Jones, with Ingram, with Reed, with 
Willie Gay being able to to do whatever he wants at the linebacker position with Hitchens, with Bolton as a rookie. And you look at our offensive line with you can you, you can go down the line, but our interior with Smith, Creed, Tooney, and being able to run the ball, we haven't been able to have we haven't had either one of those at that big of a spectrum as we ever had. And we still have Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes. So I think and my and just trying to take a back look at the last teams that have been some of the best teams that we've seen in Kansas City ever. This has the best pieces that we have ever had. Yeah, Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. And the the way I'll agree is just for my example is our linebackers. These are yeah. the best linebackers that we have had since Derek Johnson in the early part of the two thousand and tens. Yeah, I mean, seriously, uh, their ability to go sideline to sideline, their ability to stop the run, their ability to cover Nick Bolton for say what you will about his speed, but he seems to be around the ball on every play, at least near it, around it, somewhere close to it. So this Chiefs team is insanely talented. So I think people know that and they hold them to a higher standard. Yeah, and it were and, and the only thing that I'm trying to think about too is when you're looking at the pieces of this team, if Charv didn't give up those plays to Jamar Chase, our secondary is looked at as really, really, really good. They were yep. really, really, really good since week eight. I mean, Sneed, Charv, when healthy, were unstoppable as mm-hmm. well. That made our pass rush better. That made everyone better. But now that you know, there's a little bit of question there after that happened, is at least in 2019, we're counting on Brashad Breeland as our best corner or our best yeah. slot, you know, guy. Right. We don't have to do that. Do you? Wh- what do you think about Snead and, and Ward? I think there are two best corners we've had since Marcus Peters. Yeah, it's not a bad – like, if you're looking – and that's my point is if you're looking across the board with everyone on this roster – Great job, Veach. Great job, staff. And even this will transition me to what I, I wanted to talk about quite a bit here, too, was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be out. Daryl is not going to play a lot, I don't think. I think he's really banged up, which he might. I don't know. You know, Take that for a grain of salt. He practiced. But Derek Gore, last time these two played, he had 12 touches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Derek Gore is going to get a lot of touch, but I feel confident in that. What, what, that situation at running back, are you? You know, I, I guess I'm trying to ask you what your thoughts is on on kind of that because that's going to be a big part of this game. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. How, I don't know what Daryl will do. I think I, I tend to think he's going to play more because I don't think he was that banged up against Denver. I think it was a lot more of a precautionary. Right. Like if that happened to Tyreek Hill last or like this week, the same scenario, I think he's playing the whole game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's the same way with Daryl. So I expect a good workload between him and Derek Gore. I like Derek Gore fine. Um, I mean, he's a good – he's, I mean, way uh, undervalued in terms of his contract and stuff on the team. So, I mean, if we can use him however we want to use him, let's use him. But – on the flip side of that, why do I want Daryl Williams and Derek Gore out there more than Clyde? That's yeah, that's some uh, that's kind of why the reason I brought it up too is there's been a lot of talk 
as as injury prone as Clyde is, the problem can we is, get a can we get a this is a little off topic, but can we get a draft pick for him? Can we get him out? Like it, it's a reasonable thing to think about at this point. The problem with him is that he we wasted our first round pick on him. Right. If we would have gotten him later in the draft, which we definitely could have, I mean that might be Beach's biggest swing and miss. Trust, I mean. The room, you know, the report and the rumor is, and Johnny Rowe talks about this all the time. Shout out Johnny Rowe for bringing this to my attention. Shout out Johnny. Yeah, he he always brings up the story about Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach, and and that story of Brett Veach asking Pat who he wanted. Right. And 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 Clyde was the he was the national champion running back. He had a you know he had a good year at LSU, but. There comes a time when a player doesn't recognize what the team needs and mm-hmm. what he wants. Right. And I think he wanted the experiment of Clyde to work. I agree. And, and, and I don't think that it is necessarily working now. He has been injury prone. I would love to see what he could do in a whole season because I think he just needs more reps, Blaine. Yeah. He, I mean, if you think about his career, he really hasn't had that many reps. Right. No, and I, you know, I want to look at it too of like, yes, I agree that we shouldn't have picked Clyde, but then we wouldn't have got Willie Gay at the spot we got him in the second round because it might have just shaken up a few things and we might not have gotten lucky at 63 or we might not have gotten Snead at, you know, or Niang or some of those guys. So it plays out the way it should and that's just the way the world works. But, right. You, but you, DeAndre Swift was taking those carries. I feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, John, exactly. So pick your poison, but um, no, that that's a little bit of a, a tangent on it, but I feel really good about Derek Gore. I, I've liked the way he's shown up this year and I, I I'm confident. And, and yeah, you has. actually, speaking of Derek Gore, you sent me a Derek Gore gift, which I really enjoyed or no, it was on Twitter. You tweeted it at me, right? Derek Gore on Twitter, I think. Correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. that is uh that's good. That's a good uh, way to, to uh, foreshadow our podcast tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, I had nothing bad to say about Derek Gore. I mean, he's come in and he does everything well. He runs hard. He falls forward. Um, that's why I love Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams falls forward. And you know what? He doesn't go down very often, um, right. at least easily, because I think that's a bit of Clyde's problem. He kind of just gets tackled too easily. He doesn't seem as, you know, I – I tweeted this the other day. My favorite player under six foot was Darren Sproles. And, yeah. and, Darren, and Darren Sproles and or Clyde gets a lot of comparison, I felt like, to him. The difference between Darren Sproles and Clyde was Darren Sproles was so powerful. You could not, you could not bring him down. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could not bring him down with uh, just one guy. You know, he would drag you. He would take two, three guys, bring him down. At his size and stature, it didn't make any sense. I would imagine that he was, that he was, uh, that he was, uh, you know, a freak in the squat rack because his legs just kept driving and driving. Clyde seems to to hit the hole and and he gets in the hole well. I honestly, I think he, I think he has decent running back vision, but. He just seems to get tackled really easily. Like just one guy will bring him down and he, he almost doesn't fall forward very often. So I don't know. And, and we can talk about the value all we want, but it's who we've got. And we want, 
we need Klein out there. I want our running backs to be as healthy as possible, especially in the playoffs. Um, you've got to have a healthy running back room. You know, our running back room right now is kind of banged up, regardless of what Daryl's status is. He left the game with something, so he had to rehab this week. He's probably banged up from the season. He's played a lot. So we are going to have to rely on Derek Gore to really fill in and, and take some of those carries that, uh, that Daryl would normally get. Um, I also saw that we signed Darwin Thompson today right. as probably an emergency running back in case something happens, which you know he knows the system fairly well and he can probably fill in, but he hasn't played football all year. So we need Derek Gore to step up in, in, a, big, in a big way on Sunday. And that – how – do the Chiefs attack Pittsburgh? Is it going to be using Derek Gore and Daryl Williams a lot? We saw Byron Pringle have a really nice game against the Steelers last time they played. And we, and we really we were able to carve up the Steelers pretty well in those, those short situations and those, those down situations of um, third and six, you know, find the guy and, and pat through the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. But we were able to to kind of have what we wanted up front um, and, and running the ball. What do you what do you foresee our offense? What do you foresee Andy drawing up? What do you foresee Bienemy? Are, are we gonna are we gonna run the ball and, and establish it, or are we gonna let it fly? I, I don't know. Run, I I honestly think that we that we run it early. Uh, Pittsburgh is that bad against the run. I don't necessarily understand why. Right. Um. Because when you think of Steelers, you think that their D line's good. They still have good guys on their defensive line. So I really don't understand how they're so bad at, at run defense, but they are. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think, and, and I think that comes back to kind of feeding off the home crowd, home crowd energy. This get physical, you know, freaking road grade them. Get bullied, set the tone, and then and then air it out. Get them up, get them up, get them up. And until they come up, keep running the football. Short passes. I want short Travis, I want Travis Kelsey on hitch routes over the middle all day. Right. All day. Don't even try to worry about getting him going deep. Keep moving the ball down the field. And it comes back to Chiefs, you know, founder Lamar Hunt. Keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. I mean, right. just keep going. Grind on their defense because they are a defense that prides themselves on getting big plays, i.e. Right. pick sixes, i.e. strip sack fumbles, i.e. just turnovers in general. And the way you defeat a defense like that is you keep just putting it on them and the big plays don't come that way. Yeah. And I, as you're talking about this, I went ahead and looked it up. The Steelers have allowed the most rushing yards of any team in the NFL this year. Wow, that's a wow. that's a big stat. You go Houston is second worst, Chargers, Jets, Lions, Falcons. Steelers are at the bottom of that list. That's and they unbelievable. their defense when you're thinking about it, Minka Fitzpatrick, they I mean, they're able to defend the pass pretty well. They got guys in their secondary. They I feel like the franchise always has. But yeah. I mean, I guess that's a point to where I haven't watched a ton of the film to be able to see how they defend the run and why they're so bad, but there's got to mm-hmm. be a gap there. And you got to think that that's going to be exploited a little bit. So, 
Yeah, and and it comes back to rewarding your offensive line too. I mean, you keep doing, you keep, you know, keep running the ball, keeping them happy. They're gonna, they're. It's so much easier to pass set against a defensive line that doesn't know if the run or pass is coming. Right. When they know the pass is coming, it makes it that much harder because they don't. The D line doesn't have to think about run fits. They're just going. They know to get to the quarterback and as fast as possible. So that's a huge key. I think, honestly, I really do think that it always comes back down to your offensive lines, how they play in the game. And the the Chiefs' offensive line has to have its best game. And I'm really confident in that. I cannot believe, Blaine, quick tangent, I cannot believe that Creed Humphrey didn't make first-team All-Pro. Yeah, no one. How can you be the best center graded in the NFL and not be on the first-team All-Pro? That doesn't make any sense. Great tangent because there wasn't a single Chief on the All-Pro. I won. And, I, and you know what? I actually made this argument to our good friend, uh, Cole Albright, who, by the way, won't listen to this and hasn't even been on the pod yet and claims to be one of my best friends. Anyway, <laughs> he, I was like, you know, at the other positions besides Creed, I mean, I don't think that anybody technically had a first-team All-Pro year. You know, I really, I really don't. Given our standard – I don't think that it really surprises me. Yeah. Because yeah, Travis had a good year, but it was it was so it's been quiet, you know, like it hasn't been like a loud, like going off every game type of year for Travis. And that's fine. It's I don't think it's a knock on him. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna happen every year, but like just an example there. I mean, would you give it to Tyreek? I mean, no. he hasn't played that well. You don't give it to Patrick because he didn't live up to his regular season mm-hmm. standard. And then after that, I mean, where do you go? Yeah. You know? It, yeah, and it's a that's a really good point, too. And it may, when you were talking about that, it made me think about the 2019 team. They Just were going so many, off. So many big plays, flashy yeah. plays that everyone saw. We haven't seen that at all out of the Kansas City Chiefs this year. But And, and that's just a testament to the league, mm-hmm. you know? Like okay. the NFL yeah, no, is just, it, it, it totally is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because if it wasn't, we would still be doing it. Right. Like college football has so much turnover because, and, and, and so that's why offenses dominate and they can't really figure out offenses because you have new pieces, you have new coaches. And I know that there's a bunch of changes in the NFL too, but it's very, on, it's on a smaller scale. Yeah. And so, and, and so, like, teams are going to figure things out, and they have, obviously. And that's when greatness has to come in and be like, okay, they're taking this away. How else can we win? That's the difference. The NFL, you have to figure out ways to win. College, you can run your shit and dominate. Right. The adjustments have been there, and that's a good point, too, and – that makes me definitely think. Been there, sorry. But it makes me just like it makes me feel, and just the, the nature of it. Like there's got to be a big play Sunday. Somebody's gonna have a big play, and there hasn't been all year of just one that sets things loose. Yeah. And oh boy, here are the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill down the middle for sixty. You know, yeah. or, and, or and, something there. And we've had we have had big plays, but we're used to seeing one almost every game, every week. And so yeah. and so you forget about the Travis Kelsey touchdown against the Chargers. I mean, dude, he ran – he had 45 yards yak after a 25-yard catch to win the right. game. Like, we've had big plays. But, like, you forget about that when bullshit happens against you like the Bengals, you right. know? 
Like you start to look, and it's like you have to grind. Teams aren't Denver didn't let us have big plays. We had to grind down the field the whole game. Yeah, and it's a testament too, like you were saying about teams adjusting. They obviously adjusted to how they're going to play us all year long, and we haven't been able to do that for good reason. But there's just playoff football is a different rink. We haven't shown wrinkles. Are we going to show wrinkles against Pittsburgh? Are we going to wait till Buffalo? And that's a point to where what 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 are the Chiefs literally strategic wise going to do here? Do they think they can dominate them running the ball? Are we going to see a few dink and or a few tricks or not? So, oh, we're no. Let's get that out of the listeners in our heads now. We're going to see some stupid trick. Good, good. And, Glad you and, said it. And it's it's probably not going to work. Because <laughs> it seems to not more often. Because when Travis Kelsey lines up as quarterback, like it's he's gonna just run it forward. So the defense just doesn't think he has he has yet to throw it and he has yet to hand it off. So like we ran a read option against who Cincinnati with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek where he should have handed it because Tyreek was gonna walk in, but mm-hmm. you can't ask Travis to do that. Right. right. And like, and and you have Patrick Mahomes, and you're paying him five hundred million dollars. So why even take him out of the quarterback position? You know, like why? Like literally, why? Yeah, but I think too, um, when we're talking about Chiefs and those those trick plays and things, and things starting to pop off or some somebody's gonna make a big play somewhere some way and there's a stat mitch holt has tweeted out that makes it i can tie this in is that the experience for the kansas city chiefs in the playoffs is really 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 i i read this shocked the chiefs are the most experienced team of all 14 teams in the playoffs yet they are the second youngest roster in the playoffs that's unbelievable. Now, what – okay, now let me ask you this real quick. Is that because there are some really young teams right now in the playoffs and, and franchises that haven't been in the playoffs in quite some time, i.e. Cardinals, i.e. Uh, who else? I feel like I'm missing a few – Eagles. Like, those rosters are young, you know? Yeah. No, and, and it's a – a point to where you're looking at, and that's a lot of the AFC. There's been a ton of turnover. When you're looking at the Bills, the Bills and Josh Allen, young quarterback, they played, you know, we're going back to um, the, the playoff games and just kind of looking. The Kansas City Chiefs played them in the playoffs in the AFC champ. That's the furthest that the Bills have made it in many, many years. You're looking at the Patriots. Now the Patriots don't have Tom Brady to somewhat construe that. You got Mac Jones and you got a a young wide receiving core that's just like, yeah, me so. The Cleveland Browns didn't make it this year. They got guys that are um, there. Now you could do it on the AFC or the NFC side is a completely much different story. But in a whole picture, as the AFC going down the line, Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, some of those guys, okay, not a ton of experience. Chiefs been there, done that. That's why everybody's talking about the Chiefs so much is because they've been there, done that, and they believe that we can, you know, be that team that is gonna win two playoff games because it's. I don't want to say the new New England, but everybody kind of sees the Chiefs as that. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, 
I mean, hasn't been there. The Raiders, their first home playoff game. And shit, I think as we, we talked about this a little bit. It's been 20 years or something crazy. Or Rich Gannon days is when it was. So in, in, that's, it's that's, a true, that's a good point of what you're saying is the AFC is just truly unexperienced. And the Chiefs are coming in with back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back playoff, playoff appearances, which is asinine. Yeah. No one else yeah. has that. No, and and to go off your – to switch to the NFC, Dak has only been to the playoffs, what, once? Right. You know, Stafford – Kyler Murray's never. Stafford's never been. Kyler. Really. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, the I bet uh, Green Bay. Green Bay obviously is. There's a reason that people like Tom, Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Tom. Yeah, and Tom obviously. But those two guys, I definitely have more playoff appearances in the last ten years than all those franchises combined. Just those two guys alone, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of the NFL right now. Is you're talking about the talent everywhere. There's just new talent coming in. It's not gonna. It, it, it's so beautiful that Kansas City has been able to create their own hole, draft well, keep yeah. it in, and win, win, win AFC West championships. And it, I don't see it stopping. But that's kind of getting off the the point of what this playoff game means and this whole playoffs in general. But we could we could spin on this to Big Ben, and and I would like to talk about Big Ben before we kind of in this podcast is mm-hmm. let's do it his last hurrah yeah he's been here a lot a lot of times and i bet if you were to look at a stat the the steelers have one of the more experienced rosters just because of of him but right is that is that a is that a true worry for you that this is big ben's last ride is that a, a kind of one of those juju as you said earlier ah, juju things. smith schuster but you, um, is that a, is that a worry at all yeah it definitely is and i think that i think that can be tied into if the chiefs let the steelers hang around right because if they get after ben it's going to be a difficult – he's just not that good right now. But they give the Steelers confidence, and that is like – it sets in. It's like, let's win this for Ben. If we believe we can win, we can win it for Ben and continue his career. Yeah. But you smash him early, and it just completely changes the game. But Ben's been here before. That is what makes me almost the most nervous, is that he's been in situations like this. He's been to the playoffs a thousand times. Right. And, and so – there is a bit of a worry, but the talent discrepancy that he has now compared to when he was in 2013 or whatever is just not good enough to overcome the nostalgia thing, you know? Or even when we lost to them in 2016 and they had Antonio Brown and just dudes everywhere defensively. Yeah. And And we still should have won that game. Yeah. 18-16 game. Right. So, yeah. It does. If, like you said, if they smell it, like we talked about early, if if they smell it early, and it's a seven seven game in the first quarter or close game at half, I don't I don't love it. I still agree. I still think we can have a, a hell of a time in the second half. But like you said, let's let's make Big Ben not smell that. Let's make the Pittsburgh locker room not say, "Hey, let's do it for Big Ben at halftime." Instead of being like, "Oh fuck, yeah, we're, we're in for it." So. So, Blaine, to close this out, my three biggest keys of the game. Number one, control the line of scrimmage. Offense and defensive line. Defensive line more so, but offensive line, 
you have got to have a big game. Defensive line, you've got to eliminate the run. Make them throw it 50 times. My second key to the game is just offense. Take what they give you. Don't force anything. Literally, if you have to play vanilla the entire game, play that way. Run up and down the field. Take the throws underneath. Don't force it, Patrick. Continue to just take what the defense gives you. And third, do not have a single special teams blunder. Not one. Yeah, good point. You cannot have a special teams blunder. That is how bad teams beat good teams, is dumb stuff like that. Honestly, Byron, let every kick go into the end zone. Let the offense take it to 25. And punt returners, McColl, you get one opportunity in my mind, and every time you go out there, it's your last opportunity. Because you mess up, Mike Hughes is back there, and he's going to fair catch everything. That's been their philosophy mm-hmm. this the last two weeks. It cannot happen. Special teams mistakes cannot happen in games like this. Those are my three keys to the game. Come on, Chiefs. What do you say? Do it. And I'll go ahead with my three to end as well. And tremendous three. And then when you were thinking about special teams at McColl versus the Bills last year, you thought that game was going to be, you know, just things like that really do change the game. And that's very good point. My three, one, make it nasty. Mm Mm-hmm. Get after him, Spags. D-line. Let, let's make it nasty. Let's make Big Ben uncomfortable, and let's make them do things that they aren't planning on doing. Number two, let's make a big play early. Smack them in the mouth. Go score. Score quickly. Score early. And let's, like we were talking about, have them in halftime saying, oh, shit. And number three, this is our Super Bowl, you know? We've been so successful every single year in the playoffs that this game can be overlooked, and that's so cliche, but let's let's make this – and I know those veterans that – you can call them veterans because they've been there, but they're going to have that mindset. But everyone in the stadium needs to have that mindset that we are going to go in there, and this is a big game. This isn't a walk in the park. Let's show up. Yep, I agree. I love those keys. It really has me fired up for Sunday, dude. It really does. I, my blood is flowing. I might not be able to sleep tonight. That's how fired <laughs> up I am. But uh, it's going to be a great game. I cannot wait. I'm blessed that I get to go. It's it's going to be a good day. Um, Blaine, before we get off, you got where are you going to be watching the game at? I'm going to be watching it on my couch. Now, I, I say this loosely because tomorrow I'm going to look at ticket prices. If I can go, I can go. But I would like to go there and enjoy a few beverages and uh, I got to be productive, really productive Monday, big day at work. So take it for what it's worth. I hate that, but I'll probably be watching on my couch with a Woodford and just enjoying it. So, yep. Well, if you decide to get some tickets, you know, you got a tailgate spot for you uh, with your name on it. Two years ago, uh, about two years ago in three days, me and you were uh, at at Cam's beautiful tailgate. That's right. And we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. So might see you there. Yeah. Keeping in mind, buddy. Keep me in mind. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, well, uh, I appreciate you hopping on here. It's been fun. Uh, We'll talk. All right. Good stuff, Chandler. See you, buddy.